Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy football advice, speculation, and whatever stupid stuff they decide to drop into the show. Now here's your host, Paul Charchian. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian. My co-hosts are Brian Johnson and Matt Harrison. Hello, guys. Hello, Governor. Hello, Governors. Governor. I do have to. It's well, who's the governor? I think at the end of that. And I don't even know what that means to be a governor. Is that a. Do you have some kind of a legal authority of some sort? Can we you, might, you we might need to call in or... uh, Colin McCockney. To, oh, wait, wait, to... <laughs> we might have to. A governor is yeah. more of a matey or a mate, I think. You think so? Yeah, yeah that, like the that, British, probably, that British probably makes sense. Yeah. Pirate. Um, I don't know. We've been going through each of the divisions and talking about how each team in our divisions are going to look this year, which is to say, you know, most every team will be different than it was last year on, on how it operates. And we want to highlight what's going to be new, how this, how these teams are going to operate. And then who is the one riskiest player to draft compared to their ADP and who's got the most upside compared to their ADP. So we've been doing this for three straight shows. Now, this one is the AFC South and the NFC South. The dirty South. Is it dirty? Dirty. The dirty, dirty birds are in it, but is, it, I is mean, the South dirty? They seem to have a lot of uh, virus cases. I was right going to say, <laughs> if we were going to go there. <laughs> I'm glad you did and not me, Matt. Yeah. That was Matt. Yeah. Matt Harrison. <laughs> at Explosive Output. Right. There send, we go. Your, send, your, <laughs> send your complaints right. to me. That's right. Uh, your Confederate flags. Uh, to, uh, oh, to, don't send me those. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> we begin in the AFC South with the Houston Texans. This is a team that will almost certainly be different in a lot of ways, Brian. We've got several new players, and I think I'm not alone in having some apprehension about this offense. No, you are not. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, out or alluded to out, DeAndre Hopkins, of course, in Brandon Cooks and David Johnson. It's mm-hmm. Bill O'Brien was essentially playing fantasy football. 
very poorly in the offseason. <laughs> it these feels deals. that way. Um, Although, how many <clears throat> trades have there been in your fantasy leagues where everybody hates the trade for one side and then that side ends up being getting the better end of the deal? This is like and one of the most... Deals. Wasn't one of the most like realistic fantasy football trades, or like you know what I mean? Though it, it felt like a fantasy, like fantasy trade football. in real life, yeah. but um, uh, yeah. no, no notable additions uh, for the offense through the draft. They did draft a, a tackle in the fourth round, but um, the Texans last year passing play percentage, fifty-eight uh, percent uh, passing plays. That was twenty-second in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They were eleventh in rushing play percentage at forty-two percent. Obviously, a new running back this year in David Johnson. Uh, let's start with him. He's going forty-eighth overall right now, running back twenty. It's been forever since he's had a full great year, uh, but I think his bad has overshadowed the good in recent years. Well, because it's, it's been it's mm-hmm. been several years since we've had the good on David Johnson. I can test this. Yeah, here comes a couple of games at the beginning of last year. Through the first eight games last year, all right, RB ten. He only played six of those eight games. In week seven, I think he got the first carry in that Giants game, but he was dinged up and he couldn't go. Or they, that was a game Chase Edmonds had like three touchdowns. Yeah, and that so nobody saw coming. Yeah. Tack that onto RB10's already RB10 numbers through mm-hmm. the first six games. So he was looking good in the first half and he got hurt and we all saw the second half. He was brutal. Also, for the first half of the season, running behind an awful offensive line, fourth worst running uh, run blocking grade by Pro Football Focus, yep. uh, a, a volatile yet electric rookie quarterback. Um, he looked like the first worst running back in football when he came back. But I'm going to cast that all aside. And I think there's hope for him this year. I'm going glass half full. Houston's O-line was ranked 20th last year, but that was a huge improvement from them finishing basically dead last last every uh, three or four years before that. Uh, Left tackle, Leonard B. Tunsil is all world. Uh, Titus Howard on the right tackle, having a great rookie year last year, was cut short by injury. So again, I like David Johnson uh, a lot this year at RB20. I think people are focusing too much on the bad. Bill O'Brien has to wake up and utilize David Johnson's strengths, though. Last year, (laughs) Texans running backs totaled 55 catches. That was fourth fewest in the league. And they had Duke the, Johnson. And they had Duke Johnson, Duke. who I was going to bring up, too. That's Ding's uh Which D. Johnson, Johnson do you like better? And uh, in 50 catches a year before, that was the, the, the fewest in the NFL. So so B.O.B.'s got to change that up. But uh, I'm still buying into David Johnson. Over the wide receivers, no, though, now. This is where the apprehension really begins. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins gone. Brandon Cook's in. He's 79th overall. Uh, wide receiver, 35 right now. Playing for his fourth team in just seven seasons yeah, already. That's, that's amazing. So... Here's the deal. Since 2016, Cook has caught at least eight passes three times. Three times he's had at least eight catches. In a game. In a game. Okay. Since 2016. DeAndre Hopkins did it five times last year. This is a massive, massive downgrade at the wide receiver one position. Uh, 71% of Cook's games last year were outside of the top 30 at wide receiver. Wow. 71%. That's that's a killer in the guillotine format in particular. And how well will he he compliment Will Fuller? I don't Mm -hmm. think they compliment each other very well. They're very similar similar players in that. Uh, As in they're both injured all the time? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Last year, Fuller had performances ranging from six yards to 217 (laughs) yards. (laughs) Basically a microcosm of his career. That really is. When healthy. The highest upside guy for me on Houston is Randall Cobb going at the 224th wide receiver, 77, had a career high 15.1 yards per catch last year. Wow. Deshaun Watson yeah. could be a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers down the line. Kind of a safety blanket for a guy 
under massive duress. So I'm, I like Cobb. I'll mention this about Cobb. He got he was one of those guys, and it happens every year, that happened to get tackled like inside the three a bunch of times. Yeah. He happened to get a bunch of touchdowns, at least a couple of touchdowns, call back on penalty. He was um he was a guy I kept using him as my take a chance on me uh, <laughs> receivers in this show during the season. Well, I didn't you know, like two times. And I remember one touchdown uh at, near the end of the last year where it's like second play of the game. Touchdown, kind of luck, 65-yard touchdown, called back on penalty. And so I was watching him a little more closely, and I think you're right. I think Cobb's got some nice upside. And you've got these two downfield burners, right, in Cooks and Fuller. They're going to drag defenses back away oh, yeah. from the line of scrimmage, and here's underneath guy, Randall Cobb. I like it. And, if and one, by the way, and if Cooks signed are, him to a, a yeah. nutso-big contract, too. They plan to use him. And if Cooks or or if, or I'm sorry, when Cooks or a Fuller get hurt, Kenny still steps in for one of those guys, and they don't yeah. miss a beat, really, when it Probably comes to the cops. So, uh, and believe it or not, I don't want to talk about tight ends with the Texans, even though Darren okay. Bell's had some decent games. Um, I like way many, more, way many more tight ends this year than that. But Deshaun Watson, we obviously have to talk about. He is the massive downside player on this team at his ADP, even though it's dropped to quarterback six. He was oh, always that, locked yeah, in at right. three. Yeah, right. Now it's Russell Wilson, uh, mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, and Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott have yeah. yep, uh, leapfrogged Watson. And uh, it's just, again, about the wide receivers. There's intrigue with these guys, but there's no denying the loss of Hopkins hurts and the floor is way lower. Uh, how well, again, how well will Cooks and Fuller complement each other? Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess not well. Can one carry the load if another goes down to injury? The answer is no. <laughs> Can Watson withstand another season if Tunsil puts on his bong mask and the line <laughs> regresses? No. Well, maybe. I mean, maybe. You know, Watson, Watson was always good with worse offensive lines. He was so. good, but he was getting his ass kicked, basically. <laughs> yeah. And that, those hits are adding up big time. So that's it for the Texans. It's a sticky one. It's a brand new team, essentially. And in many ways, yeah, it really so. is. All I'm right, done. let's let's go to Tennessee. This is a team that is very similar to last year's squad with uh, really only one notable personnel exception, and that's Delaney Walker gone, which gives an opportunity and, to Jonu Smith, who is one of my favorite sleepers. And Delaney Walker didn't play most of last no, year. So, uh, no. um, Titans were literally the most balanced offense in the NFL last year. 49.8% running plays, mm-hmm. 50.2% passing plays. They ran three more pass plays than run plays last year. Wow. Uh, Arthur Smith runs that offense. He's getting some early buzz as one of the big next head coaching candidates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Detroit. Um, (laughs) And he's also the heir to the FedEx throne. What do you mean? His dad is the founder of FedEx. What? Yeah. I never knew that. (laughs) Shut up. Wow. That's crazy. So he's... Have you ever heard he's this? ridiculously rich no matter what happens in the yeah, NFL. Right? He doesn't need the, he's not coaching for the money. No. So did you guys ever hear this story about FedEx? Somebody can tell me if this is true or not, but I, I remember hearing years ago that when FedEx was in its infancy and the company was near bankrupt, that the owner, apparently this guy's dad, took all the money to Vegas and gambled his way up from whatever you know whatever amount they had to several times that gambling so that he could pay their bills and keep FedEx alive in the early days wow i don't and know if that's a true story or not but that's what i heard i've also heard That'd that be a great uh, documentary right there i would be castaway you know the tom hanks movie yeah. where the bad thing happens to the fedex plane was actually a great thing for the brand cuz it made it one of the most recognizable worldwide brand. Yeah, recogn- the, really yeah. how about that yep. yeah good movie too um so they got the best runner in the league pound for pound as a pure runner. And that's Derrick Henry. So why not hand it to the 
best pure runner in the league. Uh, get this about Derrick Henry. Of runners with at least 150 rushing attempts last year, mm-hmm. he ranks second in yards per carry at 5.08. That's pretty good. He ranks first in yards after contact per rushing attempt at 4.2. After touched, he gains four <laughs> yards. That's great. He gets angry when someone touches him. He was fourth in average tackles avoided. So That's he's the got some elusiveness part. to it. He does. Him. I think guys are just scared. And most importantly, Pro Football Focus puts a measure on fantasy points per snap. He was second in the league, only behind Austin Eckler last year. Even in PPR. In, even in PPR. Wow. Um, so it's easy to target Derrick Henry. We, we're not going to talk about that. It's easy to target A.J. Brown, too. And he's the guy that I want to target on this offense. Uh, A.J. Brown was fourth in the league with five 100-yard outings last year. He tied for ninth with eight receiving touchdowns and had the most long ball touchdowns of 40 plus yards in the league with four. He was a rookie. He was a rookie. He had just over 20 yards per reception. Oh. He only had 84 targets last year. Yeah, because he only they, had, they barely used him in the first third of the season. He only had 52 receptions last year. Unreal. In year two, you got to think he cracks 100 targets. Yeah. And if he cracks 100 targets, the sky's the limit for this guy. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the pictures on Twitter a few weeks ago. He is he absolutely ripped. ripped. <laughs> absolutely. So yeah. and he, he dealt with a quarterback change as a rookie, too. That's that, that, true. That's not easy. Um, and Al- Although I think you could probably plot his, you know, his development with oh, Marcus sure. Mariota yeah. getting benched yeah. and Tannehill coming in. Um, but you're still working with Mariota all summer long. And, but whatever. Yeah. So... I'm going to avoid Ryan Tannehill in my drafts. And I know you always what? hated I, Ryan. It, it's, Why? it's personal. One time I was carrying a baby and a box full of puppies into a building. Tannehill was at the door. <laughs> he could have opened it. No, he uh, locked right. it, pointed and laughed at me. Yeah, And then set you on fire. Yeah. Um, the good things about Tannehill, he had 11 multi-touchdown games and 13 starts. Yeah, which is, by the way, is great. Yeah, it is. Uh, he absolutely tore up some really bad defenses in a few of those though. Um, Almost half of his yardage came in four games out of those 13. Those four opponents were the chargers, Carolina, the Raiders and Houston who had a really bad secondary last year. The bad about Tannehill, he averaged only 228 yards per game. And when the Titans needed a win, he was just a caretaker quarterback. They handed the ball off over and over again to Derrick Henry over his last four games, including the playoffs. He averaged only 141 yards on 20 attempts per game. Yeah, that so is... that's the, that's the big downside. Mm-hmm. Um, you're only ha- you only have to take him at QB 19, so he's in the 12th round. But there's some quarterbacks that I'm going to take, and either even two quarterback situations where I'll pair two quarterbacks. Tannehill just won't be one of them. Uh, and there's really not a lot of guys. I know you love Jonu Smith. I, I do. I didn't really highlight Jonu Smith, but I remember Charch going. Write a note in my calendar to say Johnu Smith way more athletic than I thought he was. It is true. It's true. And then and, I, I'm not going to divulge my sources on this, but I've uh, had a a team source validate where my head is <clears> on <throat> Johnu Smith. Yeah, there and, is, it is not just me. It's not in my head, and it's part of the reason they were happy to let Delaney Walker oh. go is because the development that Smith has had. Yeah, he's got and, top ten potential, and maybe top does, five. He does. He's yeah. oh, he's, yeah. he's the sec. He's the number two receiver. On the Titans. Absolutely. And he's almost free uh, going off the board at 160. Yep. Tight end 19 right now. So he's a 
second tight end on your roster, last pick of your draft kind of a guy, and and you can maybe cash you might in get, you a, might get tight a, a really end big lottery him. ticket here. Oh, I consider him a tight end, a top 12 pretty much right now almost. I do too. Yeah, He's, so I, uh, I believe, I'd be happy to have him as a starter at that, at that price. I believe I've got him as tight end nine on my cheat sheet right well, now. That's, that's John Smith. Well, the average drafters, they don't quite agree yet, but well, maybe no. we'll change it a little bit here. Well, you know what's going to change it? Week one. Yeah, I'll change it on Jonu Smith. I don't think there's going to be a lot of believers between now and, and the end of the draft. He's the kind of guy, if there is a preseason two, where he'd have like the 70 yard touchdown on the, the one of two drives that he plays or something like that. that. That could be the case. All right, that's it for Tennessee. Yep. All right, thank you, Matt. Indianapolis. Last year, the Colts offense torpedoed by the limited abilities of Jacoby Brissett. In comes Phillip Rivers, who will play behind the best offensive line of his career. It's been, for, you know, this has always been the story with the Chargers for ever has been this terrible offensive line. Now he goes to one of the best offensive lines in football. Quietly, I think this Colts offense primed for a massive boost in production from last year, and every Colt except one is a bargain compared to ADP right now. So why will the 2020 Colts be better? Obviously, the significant upgraded quarterback, no matter how you feel about Phillip Rivers, he's way better than Jacoby Brissett. Mm -hmm. And you get the upgraded running back with Jonathan Taylor. You get a a back to healthy T.Y. Hilton. You get a second year from Paris Campbell. You get a second round rookie receiver and Michael Pittman, who some Wait, people thought a was a rookie receiver. Rookie receiver. Chewbacca <laughs> <laughs> would be a red zone powerhouse. You God, imagine Chewbacca would be so good at football. Oh, think of him as a tight end. Oh, he'd be devastating. I think George Kittle <laughs> is a shaved Chewy, basically. I think George Kittle is Chewy, just maybe hairless. that's it. And worried about a, the face mask penalties actually pulling heads hair. off of people. Yeah, that would be a problem. <laughs> uh, I expect a lot of running and a frustratingly mixed committee backfield. So remember, this is a Frank Wright off- offense. He comes from the Doug Peterson tree of timeshare runners. Fantasy owners want Jonathan Taylor to get 80% of the work. It's just not likely to happen unless Jonathan Taylor is just so mind-bogglingly good they can't they can't take him off the field, which is possible because he is really good. But the more likely scenario is that Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines are going to see plenty of work. Last year, Mack got 61% of the running back carries. Jonathan Taylor gets at least 61%, but probably not a lot, lot more than that. And I, I think we're still going to see a lot of Mack and a lot of Hines, and they've said as much, so... And this is the time of year when coaches tend to be more honest. You get straighter answers in late spring, early summer, than you get in August. In August, in August they're all liars. <laughs> now, with the, the, draft, the season's farther away, yeah. with the season's farther away, there you know you get a more honest answers from coaches. I heard a random factoid real quick about Taylor. He and Michael Bennett, former Vikings running back, the only last, two last I heard in jail. By the way, yeah, the only two. I think players, definitely running backs, to leave Wisconsin early. I think it was players, though, like to go to the NFL draft. No way. I, that can't be true. Their program is pretty rock solid in that that regard. regard. I don't know. Yeah, that I, seems they don't let you weird. out. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. They have That's, a lock on the door. They like cheese too much so, there. I'm sure we have many Wisconsin listeners. Please let us know if that's yeah. true. Please. Philip Rivers enters his 17th season. His play was down across the board last year in almost every category. He was especially bad in deep ball passing situations, which is normally one of his calling cards. But he played behind Pro Football Focus's 31st ranked pass blocking line last year. And he had the fourth shortest average time to throw at just 2.4 seconds per pass. All of that changes this year. 
again, really much better, much better offensive line. And I, I look at all the diversity of targets that he's got. And it reminds me to prime rivers when he had, you know, Antonio Gates over here and Keenan Allen over here and Vincent Jackson over here. I think he's got a similar array of talented receivers this season. So I like Philip Rivers in this passing game to perform well. I don't think he's going to throw his arm out of socket in, in year 17, but I do think he's going to be much more efficient this season. T.Y. Hilton remains the top wide receiver. He's in a contract year. Injury sapped last season, but he should rebound nicely here. Michael Pittman will play the role of Vincent Jackson. He's a big-bodied kid with downfield speed and route running. And with all due respect to Trey Burton, Jack Doyle should see an uptick in touchdown potential with Eric Ebron gone unless they simply decide to let Trey Burton run all of the Ebron routes, but I don't know that that's possible. We'll see. Highest risk player. I basically nobody because oh, every Colt is really is really pretty far down. But who's the highest guy in ADP though? It's Jonathan. Yeah, Actually, T.Y. Taylor. Hilton is going a couple of picks before Jonathan Taylor, which surprised me. But Jonathan Taylor is the guy that I'll identify because I do think you have to you got to pick one guy for this game. And the highest risk Taylor is, pick is Taylor again, coming off the board in the fifth round right now, which to me feels right. But you watch the rookie running backs as as the season gets closer, all start nudging up. Be careful if you see Jonathan Taylor get into the fourth round, third round. Um, I just worry about the rotation of backs. The upside player and one of my favorite sleepers in all of fantasy I know football. It. Me too. <laughs> well, it, he's French in that his name is Paris. That's yeah. what I was going to ask. What did you think I was doing? Well, I thought, the Colts have a long line of... Uh, of it's not Pierre Garçon yeah, anymore. Yeah, that was Pierre Garçon you were giving uh, me. Well, he used uh, to be he, on the Colts. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, uh, second Dante round rookie Moncrief. last year. <laughs> Pierre Campbell le- lost most of last year to the broken hand. He's fast. He's strong. He reminds me of Percy Harvin. He's going. He has the potential to be much better. He'll play out of the slot, and he's currently going off the board in round number fourteen. Uh, keep in mind, if you liked Keenan Allen's production, Keenan Allen runs half his plays from the slot, and we know that Philip Rivers can feed that slot position. So we should call him Perry Campbell. Perry Campbell. Perry, I like that. Perry Como Campbell. When we come back. We will talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars briefly. Oh, yeah. There's not a lot to talk oh, about. Oh, I don't offense. know about that, sir. Now, let's hope it's brief. Not then the we'll turn our attention to the Saints and the Falcons, which I think are a lot more fascinating offenses. All this and more, Fantasy Football Weekly, back in moments. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Jarchi and Brian Johnson and Matt Harrison with you. We are going through the teams of the AFC South and the NFC South, talking about how these offenses operate and identifying our play favorite upside and downside players from these teams. We've already knocked down Houston, Tennessee, and Indianapolis. Now we turn our attention to the dregs of the AFC South, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, they are the dregs of the South in reality football, but when it comes to fantasy football, there is some potential on this team. Um in Chris Thompson at running back, out Nick Foles and Marquise Lee, not a major impact player anyway. They did draft Lavishka Chenault, wide receiver in the second round out of Colorado. I'm enticed by him. You'll get to him shortly for sure. Uh, last year, the Jaguars' passing play percentage was 62%. That was the ninth highest in the NFL. Uh, their rushing play percentage was 38th. Uh, that was 24th. So let's talk about the running backs, uh, or running back, I should say. And we'll mention two of them, but uh, Leonard Fournette right now. 31st overall going off the board at RB17. Had some eye-popping PPR numbers last year. 76 catches, uh, yep. fifth among running backs. But quite simply, don't bank on a repeat of that with Chris Thompson in town and Jay Cruden, his offensive coordinator, his mm -hmm. old friend from uh, Washington, pass-catching specialist. So I'm not expecting Fournette to repeat those numbers. Now let's get to him running the ball, where he scored just three rushing touchdowns last year. Now, that seems like an anomaly considering all the carries he had and the fact that he got all the work inside the five. And he couldn't get the job done inside the five, clearly, mm. though. Um, Jacksonville does return all five stars on their O-line, but they are ranked 26th by Pro Football Focus. That's not good, so maybe they wanted some new guys to come in. Now you factor in the negative game scripts Jacksonville's likely going to face with the, you know, they're going to be down by the end yeah. of the pff, Jaguar, first quarter. As a reminder of how poorly managed this team has been, they're two years removed from having the best defense in the NFL. And now oh, they were sniffing the Super Bowl. That's they, right. They, they, were, they, <laughs> yeah, they were moments away from getting to the Super Bowl based, based largely. <laughs> that's the point. Largely on their defense. And now the defense is so bad, it's all the negative game scripts you're referring to. And th there's a plethora of negative underlying stats for Leonard Fournette. But I'm going to give you my favorite one. Okay. From Warren Sharp, who is the man. I love Warren Sharp. On 75 first down rushes in the first half last year. So that's, you know, you're fresh, mm -hmm. first down. That's when the running back needs to get the job done, right? 2.7 yards per carry, 25% success rate, four broken tackles. That's it. Four. Dead last of 41 qualifying running backs was Leonard Fournette, the fourth overall pick that's in the not, NFL draft not, good. not long ago. So he is my downside player for sure. Even though he is going later than he was last year, I see uh, the floor is very scary. They kind of like Rykel Armstead, too, in yeah. Jacksonville. He's so, no workhorse. So I am out on Leonard Fournette, but I am all in on Gardner Minshew. He is your quarterback, too, you were asking oh. about before, Matt. Ah. Uh, I, Minshew right now. I love that Mississippi mustache. 
Quarterback 26 right now, Gardner Minshew is going off the board. Um, last year, the 10th most passing touchdowns by a rookie since the merger Gardner Minshew had. In uh, 14 mm. games, by the way. And he didn't mm. even start all of those games. Either. Oh, he he came in in a yeah. couple. Per pro football focus, the highest graded quarterbacks on throws 20-plus yards downfield in 2019, Russell Wilson, number one, Deshaun Watson, number two, Pat, no, not Patrick Mahomes, Gardner Minshew, what? number three. <laughs> really? We're going to be calling him, you're going to love this, Matt, mm. Gardenage time this season <laughs> with all the numbers he's putting up all right. in garbage time. You could just call him garbage time. It would be easier. <laughs> garbage <laughs> Minshew? Oh, no, because no, you don't get it. Never mind, man. And don't forget that you can run. He can. He does. Fifth he in can. rushing yards last yeah. year in only 14 games, 24.5 per game. That's more than half yeah. a passing touchdown tacked onto his numbers. Quarterback 26. And again, or not again, lastly, Jay Gruden, the OC. Here are the quarterbacks he's coached in the past years in their fantasy finishes. Kirk Cousins, 2015, quarterback 8, 2016, quarterback 5, 2017, quarterback 6. Mm. Andy Dalton, 2011, quarterback 15, 2012, quarterback 12, 2013, quarterback 5. All right. Well, so I'm, those are all, and that's all right, a, a you very, know what you're starting to you're starting so to make me think about this. He is like the ideal now, best ball second quarterback to me, Gardner Minshew. Yeah, and best, but, perfect best ball. But uh, I, I'm growing uh, more fond of Gardner Minshew, and it doesn't have to do anything with the jorts or the mustache. It's all actually right. the football. <laughs> so uh, you must like DJ Chark, his number one receiver. I do. Yeah, uh, last year uh, weeks one through nine, wide receiver three overall suffered that leg injury. Week mm -hmm. ten uh, wasn't the same. Tried to come back, shut it down early. Uh, he, he looks like an absolute beast when healthy. I did see he had like one of the lowest contested catch rates, which hmm. isn't an, an ideal stat. Yeah. But uh at wide receiver 23, I mean we as I just said, wide receiver 3 the first half yeah. of the season. There, there's upside there at, at a discount. So I like Chark. He was going to be my pick, but I had to go with Minshew. DD Westbrook, this is easy. 2018, 101 targets, 66 catches. 2019, 101 targets, 66 catches. Hmm. So, we All know right. he's going to do this year. At wide receiver 64, you're, you're getting what you pay for. And now LaVishka Chenault, I like him too as a prospect. I'm nervous about all rookie wide receivers this year with the lack of training camp. Yeah, maybe. Or not training camp, yeah. mini yeah. camps. So yeah. the, the, he has all the talent in the world, and I'm loving the passing game. He, he certainly draftable, rosterable in redraft. Dynasty, of course, but uh, wide receiver 78 right now. So he's a great last third, uh, late round dart. And Tyler okay. Eifert, I want to talk about him, but he just yeah. can't stay healthy. What's the so who's the riskiest player and who's the upside? The riskiest player? was Fournette, Fournette easily, okay. and right. upside was, was Minshew, man. Okay, QB twenty six, Minshew mania. He's a top twelve potential all the way. Let's go to the Saints, uh, Matt. This is uh, still a Drew, Drew Brees led offense. Alvin Kamara there, of course. Just a couple of new couple of new names, not a lot. Yeah, let's talk about how this. Uh, let's talk about how this offense is going to work. You know, I think it's going to be pretty darn similar to the last three years where the Saints are hovering around 46% run, 54% pass. This isn't the Saints of 2016 when they turned off the passing after that season yeah. where they passed at 63% of the time. They're just not going to be doing that anymore. They need to add a third percentage just for Taysom Hill. Yeah, really? <laughs> uh, the offense still runs through three main cogs, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and Drew Brees. Uh, Thomas had 180 targets last year. So an average of 9.6 yards per target is extremely impressive given the highest denominator in the league. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, he was third in the league in red zone targets with 36 first in the league in red zone receptions with 28 second only to Mark Andrews in red zone touchdowns. Andrews at 10. Thomas had nine. However, 
all nine of his touchdowns came from inside the red zone. He's not a deep wow. threat. Yeah. Um, only three receptions of 40 plus yards on the season. That's just, that's just not his game. Yeah. So that's, that's not him. But like you've said in past podcast charge, nobody's ever upset about drafting Michael Thomas. Yeah, whoever regretted drafting Michael Thomas. You'll be fine. Never. If you get Michael yes. Thomas, uh, Alvin Kamara, he was dinged up for most of last year. Uh, in his first year as the real RB1 in Nolens, uh, his best statistical season was 2018 when Mark Ingram was still there, taking a lot of the touches, keeping him fresh. Mm. Latavius Murray can try to replicate that, but he won't. But the truth is, if Kamara can stay healthy, he's in a contract year. He's in a spot where the Saints have virtually no path to sign him under the cap. Correct. So he's both showcasing his talents to get his next contract. Mm -hmm. And the saints have no reason to not go to Marco Murray on this and just keep shoveling the ball to him as well. He could return to 18 touchdowns and 1500 total yards. Like he did in 2018, which would be a massive difference from last year. I think that's a pretty good path. Yeah. Um, The guy I'm avoiding on this offense is drew Brees. He's 41. Now he made some comments that may have lost him a little bit of favor in the locker room. Taysom Hill is stealing touches in weird sub out pass plays where Drew Brees is just coming off the field and you don't want your quarterback to come off the field. Nope. Jameis Winston is waiting in the wings to just YOLO pass it when Brees gets hurt. <laughs> His passing attempts have gone from 673 in 2016 to 536 to 489 to 378 last year and he was Injured. hurt last yeah. year. Yardage from 5200 to 4300 to 4000 to just under 3000 last year. Plus, you have to take Breeze in the eighth round. And here's a few players with eighth round ADP. Rob Gronkowski, Damian Williams, Austin Hooper, Cam Akers. These are like valuable fantasy assets that you can yeah. get. And I can take a couple of guys a couple rounds later, like Tom Brady or Baker Mayfield in the 10th, or mm. Matthew Stafford or Ben Roethlisberger in the 11th. I like those guys a little bit better, and I can build my team a little bit uh, more evenly if I avoid Breeze. I like it. Um, if you're not targeting Alvin Kamara or Michael Thomas in the first round, the guy that I think that you can target is Jared Cook. Uh, you can get him in the ninth round or later mm-hmm. in some spots. He scored nine times nine last year. Times. Nine times. Eight of which came from inside the red zone. Six of those scores, he was in the end zone when targeted. Oh, okay. In fact, Jared Cook was targeted in the end zone more than any tight end in the league last year. Wow. Okay. He was tied with Mark Andrews with 11 targets when his feet were in the end zone. So That's a good sign. So that means Sean Payton is scheming touchdown throws to him. Yeah, it's it's top ten amongst all yeah. pass catchers as well. Okay. So there there's some there's some real good touchdown upside from Jared Cook, and you only mm-hmm. have to get him as uh, in the ninth round. And I believe he's going off the board as tight end ten right now. Um, I bet that might even drop a little bit lower as the as the ADP season. We got a lot of sleepers that we like. Yeah, Jared Cook's a guy who could probably just be left behind because he's old and he's boring. <laughs> <laughs> but he's going to score you touchdowns. Now, you haven't mentioned Emmanuel Sanders yet, and I'm fascinated by him because his ADP is really low, and he joins a prolific passing offense. Yeah, we discussed Emmanuel Sanders a, a couple of weeks ago on one of these mm-hmm. podcasts, and I, I don't like him a lot just because he doesn't score touchdowns. He's like three, four, mm-hmm. four every year. I mean, he could get you a 1,000 yards and 60-some catches, but 
with four touchdowns, he's just not yeah. that interesting it's to Jarvis me. Jarvis Landry. All yeah, over it, again. I mean, Jarvis Landry is going to catch a lot more balls than Emmanuel Sanders that this is year, true. too. So uh, he's not a guy that I'm really targeting. He's going off the board at wide receiver 42 right now, and nobody's going after Latavius or Traquan Smith in leagues that are of normal size, I think. No. All right, let's go over to Atlanta. Last year's Falcons became deeply monodimensional due to running back injuries and a very leaky defense that put them in negative game scripts all the time. Atlanta ranked 30th in rushing plays and first in passing plays, <laughs> which, you know, usually they go kind of hand in hand. I think they are, they're going to try to bring those numbers together a little bit, but just the reality of this team is they're a passing team, and that's where the Devonta Freeman was Bad last year too. He was, and but we don't know what we're going to get out of Todd Gurley. You have, you know, we had went from one better. injury risk to another <laughs> injury risk. Um, I expect him to be on a pitch count for the Falcons, just like he was on the Rams. The Rams learned they couldn't over; they had to be careful about not overusing Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. Falcons have to do the same thing. I mean, they can't just workhorse Todd Gurley. You're going to end up with the same ongoing knee issues that the Rams had. So now. While Gurley's healthy in the beginning part of the season, I think he could be very effective here. He's going to get all the goal line work, and he'll um, he'll get a p- plenty of carries. It's a one year deal. He's incentivized to run well. Just don't know how long you're going your run is going your runway is going to be with Todd Gurley. Could be a guy that you draft, and then you know he has a good first month or five weeks or six weeks, and you just trade him and not run the risk of him getting hurt after that. So um, I'm nervous about the running game because of this issue with Gurley and just not just thinking he's not going to be a workhorse. He eventually could get hurt, although he managed to play most of last year. As nervous as we are about the running game, it's the opposite of the passing game where it's just it's all it's all systems go here. Matt Ryan, stable, healthy, all the talent around him is great. The biggest question mark, I think, in the most of in the eyes of most of us is, is this the year Calvin Ridley makes the big jump up? And Julio Jones ends up taking a step back. Matt doesn't think so. He hates Calvin Ridley. I don't hate Calvin Ridley, <laughs> but there there are yeah, some yeah, issues. I'll never that let I, you live this down. No, no, no. The, there there are some issues that I've seen on Ridley where he's a little bit of a smaller guy. He doesn't get a lot of separation, and his yeah. yards after catch are abysmal. Well, let's talk it through a little bit. So, needless to say, Julio Jones remains incredibly productive in every area except touchdowns, where he has scored. Uh, he scored in just one game after week three last year wow, and hasn't really? topped eight touchdowns since 2012 in a season. Now, he's not old. He's 31 years old, so I wouldn't call Julio Jones old. But, man, because the astounding level of usage, he's got 800 receptions already. That's a lot of usage right now. So Some he mileage. feels old. That is. Even with the downtick in targets, Jones should still, I think, lead the team in all major categories this season. But I understand that some people just would rather get out a year too early on Julio Jones. And, you know, this might be the season where he and Calvin Ridley start to come together, as mentioned earlier. Now, let's talk about Ridley. He had about two-thirds of Jones's usage across the board, even though he missed the final three games of last season. Ridley is the deep ball, is a deep ball threat. They both are, actually. Targeted 20 or more yards downfield on a whopping 23% of his passes. And he was top 10 in deep ball reception percentage, meaning he caught those deep balls. Matt? Mm-hmm. Okay, just wanted to make sure you heard he, that He part. caught them. He caught them. Then he They're went direct, them. directly to, to down. The ground. Yeah. Uh, the addition of Hayden Hurst is a fly in the ointment for those hoping. What from- if he caught him in the end zone? He can't <laughs> run anywhere, man. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Um, Hayden Hurst is a fly in the ointment because we want to see more touchdowns go to Ridley and Jones, 
But I think Hurst is going to siphon off a bunch of those. Remember Austin Hooper soaked up six touchdowns in an injury-shortened season last year. So and don't forget, Hayden Hurst was drafted not, not only first before round, Mark Andrews. Andrews. Yeah, first round. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he took right. Hayden Hurst before exactly. Lamar Jackson. How about that? <laughs> um, riskiest player by ADP here is Julio Jones is going off the board 13th overall. Obviously, that's the very high. beginning of the second round. I think it's too high. It feels like Julio Jones has been on the verge of major injury for years. He plays hurt all the time, and maybe this is the year he gets the serious injury or Calvin Ridley makes a major move. And the most upside compared to ADP, it's Hayden Hurst. His current ADP is tight end 16, round 12. He was the, you mentioned, former first-round pick. He's a better pure athlete than Austin Hooper. And Hooper thrived in this offense last year. He will be a tight end one this season. In most scoring systems, Hayden Hurst. There was so many. There's a lot of rumbling last year among in the fantasy community, industry, whatever. Like people wanted to abolish tight ends in fantasy football. A lot that's, of people. Oh, that's absurd. Again, yeah, especially this year. I'm like, there's so, it's it's so, so deep. deep. It's, it's so w- deep. It's amazing how how yeah. the script has flipped this year. And this is uh, unlike the past several years. I'm not. I'm not advocating for taking tight ends early because I think there's so much help to be had later in drafts. Calvin Ridley, by the way. Yeah. Yards after catch per reception, 2.24. Wow, that's it's, not much. It's bad. It's uh, the second worst in the league of qualified play- receivers. Players who, were, who qualified. Okay. Only behind Marvin Jones. When we come back, we'll talk about the Tom Brady-led Buccaneers and the Teddy Bridgewater-led Carolina Panthers. Plenty of new things to talk about with these offenses for 2020. Stay tuned. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchi and Brian Johnson, Matt Harrison with you. 
The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Brian. I've reason to believe it's there's Tampa a- Bay. Tampa Bay. Tampa. Um, didn't he? Did he? Did he trademark that? Mm-hmm. I think he did. So I think I don't know if I should even put this out there because it's such a good idea. I should get royalties from it when he he goes with it. But uh, Tom should go into the tampon industry and make some tampons. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so so sorry you said that. Why? You know, if wow. you if you make it like big tampon yeah. extreme, I could I would not be could sell the well, BTXJ Twitter handle to it. I, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, my worry would be that 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 they would deflate. Would you? Yeah, oh, yeah I like that. <laughs> would you be surprised oh, if Tom Brady had a line of, of tampons? Tampons? Yes, I would not. Yes, I, I would. At this yes, point, I, I would be surprised. Uh, well, I appreciate everybody who's listened to the last twenty-six years of Fantasy <laughs> Football right, Weekly signing it off. <laughs> right, exactly. It's been a good run. <laughs> Daggered by Brian Johnson. Uh, Uggs, first step. Next one, obvious. Anyway. All right, let's go to this offense. So now that we have really a player that is in many ways the polar opposite of Jameis Winston, you called him YOLO, which I, why has that not been his nickname all along? He should have been it, YOLO it Winston. Yeah. Because, you know, it was just chuck and duck and just you know, throwing bombs or whatever happens. Now you got Tom Brady, one of the most precise passers ever, reads defenses brilliantly. You know, couldn't be more different. So talk about how this offense in Tampa is going to be changed, Brian. Uh, well, Tom Brady in, obviously, as is Rob Gronkowski out, Prashad Perryman and Peyton Barber. Uh, the Bucks did draft Tristan Wirfs, off- offensive tackle, with the 13th overall pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, of course, running back in the third round. Um, but let's get to uh, Tampa Bay. Last year, uh, they re- passed the ball 62% of the time. That was the seventh most in the league. They ran the ball only 38% of the time. That was 26th most. Um, that kind of flip-flopped as the season went on, though, and the defense got a little a little better for Tampa. And I'm worried they're going to get better this year, which will result in more negative game scripts for the offense, led by Tom Brady, of course, going off as quarterback 12 right now, hmm. which seems pretty high for a guy with two wide receivers going inside the top 10. Historically, yeah. all those quarterbacks like Matt Ryan, uh, Peyton Manning going back years that had two yeah. stud receivers. The quarterback's going to do well. The quarterback's going to do I've, well. I've but, got him as QB eight right now. So yeah, you're you're ahead of the curve. I'm right there with you. Um, and it's just a, it's a great line in Tampa Bay. Ranked seventh by Pro Football Focus last year. Pass protection was their strong suit. Um, uh, right tackle Demar. Dotson retired, but again, they drafted Tristan uh, Wirfs in the first round. So Tom is in a great spot with his wide receivers, mm-hmm. and we'll get to Gronk in a second. Let's talk about the wide receivers uh, virtually going right next to each other. Chris Godwin going as wide receiver six, uh, 16th overall. Evans, wide receiver seven at 21st overall. Uh, Tampa plans to use a lot of 12 personnel this year. They didn't do that last year. That's two wide receivers, two tight ends, one running back, which means Chris Godwin won't be operating from the slot nearly as often. But uh, he's more than able to play the boundaries. I'm not worried about him playing the outside. Uh, he's a superstar, Chris Godwin, uh, clear and simple. He has a, the highest contested catch rate among all wide receivers last season at wow. 64%. Wow. Better than Michael Thomas, who all of them. He was number one. Mike Evans, on the other hand, had the second lowest contested catch rate at 32%. For a guy his size. For a guy his it, size. That's absurd. It doesn't add up, and Mm -hmm. he's just starting to fall out of favor with a lot of people, and I'm kind of one of them. And if I'm going to pick one of these wide receivers in this range, it's clearly Chris Godwin, in my mind. Uh, Over to the tight ends. Uh, Gronk, 85th overall right now, tight end 9. O.J. Howard still in the mix at 151st overall. That's tight end 19. Uh, Bruce Arians historically 
has not gotten any production out of his tight ends, but he's never had tight ends of uh, this caliber. So Gronk, it's we 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 talked about Gronk and Brait uh, a couple weeks ago. Charge, like who would you rather have? I mean, yeah, is this clearly at the ADP at, yep. in the ninth round? You might as well shoot for Gronk's ceiling there. Yeah. Because we we were saying tight end is so deep, you can grab a tight end in the later rounds, a John Smith even that's starter caliber. So quite uh, clear cut, Gronk is the the highest upside guy on this Tampa Bay team. Um, I'm, I should have said that Mike Evans is the lowest, uh, has the highest downside, lowest downside. I think it highest downside. Most. How about just most downside? Most, most downside. Let's go with. I'm going to go with Mike Evans in the first round. <laughs> this is like when you're talking about odds. Does a player have the best odds if he's two to one, or does he have the worst odds if he's two to one? Or when you some know? people say like when they turn up the air conditioning to some, that's turning it up warmer. Uh, or, yeah, or, right. Or, yeah. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. anyway. Back off the HVAC and back to the running backs. Uh, we got to talk about them very quickly. Keyshawn Vaughn, people are very excited about him as uh, he's going off the board at RB33 right now. Mm -hmm. Ronald Jones, virtually the same in ADP, going a little after, but he's been uh, catching up and he might surpass him. And I think he should. Um, going back to Warren Sharp, uh, follow him if you don't, if you're a football fan at Sharp Football. Uh, I got to give him his credit because I'm citing him twice here. Ronald Jones was a top three red zone running back among uh, all running backs with 20 plus carries inside the 20 yard line last year. And uh, he had a great second half, Ronald Jones. Finished That's great. As, great for Ronald Jones. He finishes a top 24 <laughs> running back in PPR. That's pretty great. Yeah. I don't know. Just good. A, here's what I can tell you about Ronald Jones for sure. <laughs> what can you tell me about Keyshawn Vaughn? That's what I want to know. Ronald Jones doesn't pass the eye test. I look at Ronald, you know, you know, you know, we all watch football. You're looking for just little things that make any player special that give him an advantage that you could say on any given play, he might be able to do a little something extra. I've seen nothing in two years of Ronald Jones to suggest he's got any of that in him. All right. Saw what now? What he, what he does have is opportunity. If Keyshawn Vaughn is not a factor well, now, he's the now yeah. he's a running. Keep in mind, Patriots running backs under Tom Brady always did, almost always did really, really well. You just couldn't identify who it was on a game-to-game -game basis yeah. and Belichick's mind games and everything else. You know, if they solidify in one back, that guy's gonna be that guy's got crazy well, upside. Yeah, Bruce Arians likes to have a workhorse back historically, he so does? he's gonna want one of these guys to win the job and. They're, they're virtually going off the board at the same spot. But for me, it's Jones because I've seen him do it. He doesn't impress you, I guess, but he, he's no, put up the numbers. He I, I, I got to see something from Keyshawn Vaughn. I don't, I'm not convinced right. uh, he's the answer. So there we go. Well, I just don't think you put a third round pick into, it, into the running back position unless you think you got, you've got a problem you need to solve. Let's go to our final team, and that is the Teddy Bridgewater-led Carolina Panthers. I'm very nervous about this offense. I want to hear if you share some of my concerns. This is a weird, weird offense as I was doing the research for this. So, so they got a new head coach, Matt Rule. Um, he literally rebuilds programs on a three-year cycle. Mm -hmm. He's done it twice in college mm -hmm. at Temple and Baylor. Uh, year one at Temple, two and ten. Baylor, one and eleven. Year two at Temple, six and six. Baylor, seven and six. Year three at Temple, ten and four. Baylor, eleven and three. Wow! So he's, right. he's got a three-year cycle. Um, so, so this year's going to stay. So they're going to be bad. <laughs> they're going to be really bad. Uh, they have to be one of the top tank for Trevor candidates. Mm -hmm. um, how did uh, Rules' offenses work over the last couple of years? He was super run-oriented. His Baylor teams ran the ball fifty-four percent of the time, which, if applied to the NFL, would have been the second highest run ratio in the league behind Baltimore. But he brought in Joe Brady as his offensive coordinator. He was the passing game coordinator for LSU last season. Mm. 
How'd that work out? LSU was, of course, very pass-happy. <laughs> Historically good. Joe Burrow was the quarterback, obviously. The team averaged 38 passing attempts per game, which was good, but 400 passing yards and four scores per yeah, game. Absurd. It's just ridiculous. So the Panthers passed on 62.1% of their plays last year, fourth highest in the league. Mm. And that was with Kyle Allen most of the year. Yeah. Um, so as this all comes back around... The answer to how this offense is going to run is Christian McCaffrey. Yes, that's the answer. Um, Every single way I look at this offense, I can't seem to find a way that CMC, if he doesn't stay healthy, I mean, he's if if he does stay healthy, he's going to come close to the record for most running back touches touches in a season. Yeah. And do you know who has that record charge? 1984. Well, 84. That sounds like Dickerson. That's what I was going to guess. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sammy Winder. James Wilder. James Wilder. He had 407 rushing attempts and 85 catches that year. 492 touches in 16 games. Just under 31 per game. (laughs) That's crazy. Uh, McCaffrey had 403 last year. Okay. Uh, And 450 is kind of the benchmark of a super heavy workload. Uh, Guys like Larry Johnson, Mm -hmm. Edger and James, a couple of those big, big workloads. LaDainian did it one year. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was that area. And I think Christian McCaffrey is on a 450 plus workload this year. Um, Reggie Bonifon, Mike Davis, and Jordan Scarlett not taking any touches. Injury is the only thing that can derail this train. So my target on this team is get Christian McCaffrey at (laughs) 1-1 and don't bother with Basically everybody else, but the guy that I want to avoid the most out of this team is Curtis Samuel, and he's perhaps the worst pick in any draft. (laughs) Wow. I don't think he should be drafted. Um, This is from Jeff Ratcliffe. uh, In his six starts last season, Teddy Bridgewater only threw 14 passes that traveled 20 yards in the air. Yeah. His average depth of target since 2014 is only seven and a half yards. That's 95th among (laughs) quarterbacks near such great arms as Kyle Orton, Chase Daniel, Alex Smith, and Sam Bradford. Those power arms right there. Uh, Samuel's average depth of target was 14.7. That doesn't marry up with Bridgewater. DJ Moore is at a much more palatable 11.7. So I think Moore gets more of the targets, Mm -hmm. pun intended there. Um, and the Panthers then brought in Robbie Anderson, which is who's a got bad a match. similar skill set of Curtis Samuel. And the Panthers are the wide receiver version of the Bears at tight end. They have like 15 of them on roster right now. It's absolutely yeah. bonkers. So I, I'm avoiding Curtis Samuel. I'm avoiding Theodore Bridgewater. I, I'd probably avoid DJ Moore at his price, which he's going off the board at 53 right now. Mm. Uh, wide receiver 23. That means you got to take him mid fourth, early fifth. Uh, so I'm probably avoiding everything in the passing game for Carolina because this is all going through McCaffrey this year. Yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you just said. And Teddy Bridgewater is just, he's a caretaker quarterback. He and is. That's just, he's going to take care of it for one more year. And yep. then they're going to have Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence right, quite possible. Who yes. Just liking, only has to travel down the road to, from, right. from the other Carolina. Not like Ian Thomas. No, I'm not. I'm not really sold on Thomas much either. But Greg Greg Olson was injured for long periods of time over the last two years. And Ian Thomas never really stepped up and took that mantle. Teddy's, you know, where Teddy's sweet spot is about eight yards downfield. That's (laughs) tight end territory. Christian McCaffrey's average target is like 0.8. So that's right in his wheelhouse too. Well, that, that is true. And, 
you know, the I know there's a lot of Minnesota listeners who still love Teddy Bridgewater. We're not evaluating him as a human being. No. Here. We're just talking about his game. A so. wheelhouse, do you envision a house that looks like a wheel or a house full of wheels? <laughs> I thought about that. I never have. It, I, I, I guess it would be a wheel. Like is it like a mill? Yeah, like the, a, the, the watering yeah, wheel? Maybe that's how that works. Is that the wheelhouse? I haven't, I can't say I've given it any thought prior to now. Next week. Next week, we'll <laughs> not only break the down the wheelhouse, but we'll also break down the AFC West and the NFC West as we continue to talk through every team in the league and how we expect those offenses to work and who we're targeting and who we are not in our drafts. By the way, one last thing on Christian McCaffrey. Would you give up? Let's just say you're drafting somewhere in the middle of the first round. Mm-hmm. Would you give up pick? Would you give up your first and second round picks to get Christian McCaffrey? Probably. In a redraft league, I don't think I could do that. I wouldn't either. I don't think I could do that. I would. I think he's. I think he's going to have maybe the greatest running back season of all time. <laughs> it's all stacking up for if it. It was a bet. You know, yeah, when, better, the, when the stars are aligned like this, I, just, I get real nervous. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and it feels that way. Yeah. If it was a better offensive line, and I re- and I trusted the rest of the offense more, mm-hmm. every game plan is going to be stop Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers are dead. So, you know, some of those defenses are going to do that. They're going to stop Christian yeah, McCaffrey. Now in and dynasty, I've seen people give up their first two round picks from this year, 21 and 22 to get McCaffrey. And I would do that all day long, giving up the picks, taking McCaffrey in, in a dynasty format like that. Yeah, maybe. But in redraft for top two picks, that's, I, I that's wouldn't do it. Charge. I wanted to plug something really yeah, quick. Please. Um, I'm doing a big charitable best ball tournament. I mean, um, and you can, Find me on Twitter at Explosive Output. It's my pinned tweet right now. It's called the Explosive Output Best Ball Challenge. Okay. Um, we're going to donate uh, at minimum 10% to Fantasy Cares. But uh, as we get this growing more, we're going to up the percentage a little bit. And we're going to uh, donate to a lot of different causes a- along the way. So uh, if you want to take part, there's a lot of pros from the industry in it. There's a lot of average Joes in it, too. Mm-hmm. It's a little little like mini Scott Fishbowl. It's okay. going to have a little bit of a cost to it. but uh, Is it a guppy bowl? Uh, no. You should right. think about that, though. Guppy the, bowl. The guppy if, it's bowl? A, if it's a mini Scott Fishbowl, well, that would be a guppy bowl. <laughs> Don't you think? A, a mini Scott Fishbowl. But uh, Scott's doing great work, and we want to try to help his charity out. So uh, go hit me up at Explosive Output if you want to play. Sounds great. That was Explosive Output on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Brian is BTXJ. I am at Paul Charchian, and we will talk to you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. 
eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.